Hi guys, I just wanted to say a quick uh, little excerpt about this podcast. Uh, my sister and I, we interviewed Amanda Orlando for this podcast. She is from, from uh, Handled with Care, the eShop and Instagram. She's totally awesome and she sells awesome products. We totally recommend everyone go check out her website and her socials at Handled with Care. Uh, she had a lot of awesome things to say, a lot of things about being allergen-free, a lot of great things to share, and we actually are ambassadors for Handled with Care, and we got sent this awesome package where we got to try a lot of products we didn't even know about, um, and we just got to talk to Amanda a lot about life, so take a listen and let us know what you think in the comments. Welcome to the Living Free and Well podcast. On today's episode, we have Amanda Orlando, and she's the ultimate girl boss, and we're so excited to have you. (laughs) Amanda has a blog called Everyday Allergy Free, the author of Allergy Free Desserts and Everyone's Welcome, and the owner of an online e-shop, Handle the Care. She does it all, guys. Thank you so much (laughs) for being on today, Amanda. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Amanda. Amazing. So, Amanda, can you tell us a little bit about what you share on your blog, Everyday Allergen-Free? So, Everyday Allergen-Free started um, in 2015. I actually was blogging under a different name. It was called Amanda's Recipes. And I started blogging because first I had a cookbook coming out that spring. So, my agent was like, hey, you should probably start blogging because this is a thing people do now. And then second to that, I ended up having a really severe anaphylactic reaction um, to some bread that was not properly labeled. And it was my first reaction as an adult. And it was just so different than the reactions that I had as a kid because it caused all of this emotional stress and trauma afterwards. And I felt like I had PTSD from this reaction. And it just really worsened like my allergy anxiety. Suddenly, I couldn't even bring myself to eat when I was home alone. So it really kind of threw my life like in a weird direction. So that gave me something to write about. So I thought maybe I should write about it myself. And that's kind of how this all started. Um, and people started really noticing it. And I, I realized maybe this is something that people are very interested in reading about. And then I rebranded as Everyday Allergen Free about a year later. And it's just been amazing. And, and so I share um, recipes, of course, but also a lot of life articles. And I do get contributions from other bloggers because there are so many adults living with food allergies that want to share their story. So yes. really come for the food, but also come for the, the life experiences, I guess. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. awesome it's yeah. so different like I haven't like I you're the only one I've come across that really talks on that topic I think it's so interesting thank you so um Amanda can you share us with us with us your allergy story and how you dealt with it in your adult life it's such a big question <laughs> <laughs> where did it all begin um so I've had all my allergies since birth Um, I was a really sick baby. My family used to call me crocodile baby because I was just covered in eczema. Like it was just like something was very clearly wrong with me. And I was always, you know, upset and fussy and my parents couldn't figure out why. And then they took me to an allergist who I still have the same allergist today. I think he's amazing. Um, And they found that I had anaphylactic allergies to peanuts, nuts, dairy, soy, um, egg, chicken, and certain fish. So, or sorry, not certain fish, certain fruits. <laughs> and so 
Um, it was just like a whole game changer for my family. And then wow. coincidentally, my brother who, you know, he's two years older than me. He had always eaten nuts and he was totally fine with peanut butter and he loved peanut butter. And then suddenly he developed a peanut and nut allergy and then he developed a wow. shellfish allergy. So our whole family became a food allergy family in a very short amount of yeah. time. So there was just always a norm for us. I mean, people always talk about like substitutions and this and that. And for us, it's not substitution. It's just how we cook. It's just how we eat, how we grocery shop. Um, it's your life, for sure. It's definitely influenced the types of foods we eat. I think we've always really been into eating whole foods, you know, as opposed to packaged things, because you can't always trust the ingredient lists or the place that it's manufactured, especially when I was younger and we didn't have as strict um, labeling regulations. I think now things have really improved a lot and I think there's still room to grow, but you know, that's, that's kind of our way around it when I was younger. That's a lot of allergies you have. (laughs) Yeah. And so I, I did grow out of some of them. So my, I grew out of my egg allergy when I was really young. Um, Same with the fruit and chicken. Like I can eat that now. So my current list is peanuts, nuts, dairy, soy, and some legumes. So like some, some beans and lentils, chickpeas, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, so I think my food allergies have really impacted my personality in a lot of different ways. I think people with food allergies have to have a really strong um, sense of self-regulation because even if you're starving and you know, there's food nearby and you're not totally confident it's safe for you, you just have to resist it. Or if you're in a social situation and everyone's eating something, it's not a matter of whether or not you want to eat it or you like that type of food. It's about whether or not it's safe for you again. So I think self-regulation is really important. Um, It's also influenced my personality in that I think it makes you very empathetic towards others. Um, And it also you know, you, ha- you have the desire for other people to be empathetic towards you because that's the way that, sorry, pause. I'm getting tongue tied. <laughs> no worries. It's okay. Um, yeah, I think it instills a really strong sense of empathy in you. And also as like the kid at the peanut free table, it, I feel like it kind of made me a bit of a lone wolf, but I really like that about my personality. So I think it's a positive thing. We we can really relate to oh, that because Anna would, yeah. got um, the nut al- peanut allergy when she was a baby, and then we both got um, tested and for being anaphylactic to tree nuts. And mm-hmm. um, Anna has Anna is has since like grown out of the peanut allergy, but is still oh, very wow. allergic to the tree nuts. Yeah, yes, yeah, I can't even be in the same room of some some of them, but I can't have peanuts so. <laughs> Wow, I've never heard of anyone outgrowing a peanut allergy before. That's so cool. Yeah, a lot of people hadn't. My even our allergist was shocked mm-hmm. because I was born with that allergy, and then around my thirteenth birthday, I got another allergy test, and he said it. Sometimes your body just like like changes. Apparently, changes every seven years, and it changes. And he said, he said that I grew out of it because it's um like the legume family, yeah. and he said it just like it could just be puberty changing my body and everything. Oh wow. Else. Um. Yeah, and then ever since then I've been okay with peanuts, but like I like tree nuts has always been horrible. Like I've accidentally eaten a hazelnut before and went down a black shock and Yeah, so that's still a thing, but <laughs> definitely always been struggling with the nut allergy. I 
like because of my allergy as a kid with peanuts I don't really like peanuts so yeah I don't really eat them <laughs> and yeah, I, I feel like it would be weird to introduce something that you spent 10 or more years avoiding <laughs> exactly <laughs> I'm like it tastes it tastes like fear <laughs> yeah and I know you talked a lot about dealing with it in your adult, adult life so um being it having allergies and being an adult what what is your perspective on it well it's interesting as you're you know when you're a kid your parents do all the management really of the logistical side of food allergies which is a really big part of it and you're very trusting so if someone tells you something is okay like your parent you know you can trust them but as you move into your teenage years and your adult years the burden of managing your food allergies shifts to you and then when you're you know, I mean, now, you know, I'm 27, like, it's fully on me. I, anytime I go to a restaurant or travel or, you know, at work, anything, it's always on me to manage. So I think I look at allergies in a way as kind of a logistical hurdle. Sometimes I think managing that side of it is very time consuming. And it takes up a lot of mind space. Um, For sure. For sure. And, you know, going on vacation, I never just like pack a bag and go. I'm always researching where we're going to eat, what area we should stay in that's close to a grocery store. Is there a hotel that has like a little kitchenette in it? You know, what food can I pack in my bag? And you're always kind of thinking in like per day, how much do I need to eat and how much do I need to pack? And so it becomes kind of this, yeah, logistical challenge. And then socially, there's still a lot of anxiety, I find. Um, on my end about my allergies, because especially when you're meeting new people, it's like, oh, am I going to have to explain this all? The conversation is going to become the allergy conversation. Then everyone's going to know me as the allergy girl. And then like, I just don't want to talk about it anymore. I know. (laughs) I I have a lot of other things to say and know that that conversation is going to happen. Yep. It's like, there's just so many sides to it. And, And at work, you know, it can also be a challenge because there's always food in the office. There's always like an office party. There's always something. And I like to fully participate in everything. I don't like to sit out if possible. So I would always just go to stuff, but not eat anything. People just kind of get used to you doing that over time. Um, and we, my previous job, there were a lot of like lunches out and stuff. Um, so I would just make sure that I picked the restaurant so that I wasn't worried about the food. I was just able to focus on work because the last thing you want is you're at this meeting at a restaurant and you're trying to talk business and actually you're just completely worried about the food the whole time. It just doesn't let you function fully in the way that you're intending to that day. So it just infiltrates your life in kind of odd ways, I think. Yeah. And talking about like I, the food topic, like, oh, why aren't you eating this? Or, you know, yeah. it, it's, it, it can become like very like, you know, repetitive in a sense. You're like, oh, gosh, mm-hmm. now I have to explain it again and again. Yeah. <laughs> and I appreciate people's interest in it. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, when people are genuinely interested or concerned and they just want to know about it, like, I totally get it. It's kind of a bit of a unicorn situation to be this age and have this many anaphylactic allergies like I totally understand but I also feel like sometimes I wish I could just hit pause on my allergies and just like 
spend a day not having to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what life would be like. I don't even know. I guess I have a lot more free time. I don't know. I guess we wouldn't be doing what we're doing right now. So it's that's true. true. So on your blog, Everyday Allergen Free, you talk about PTSD to anaphylactic reactions. Can you tell us more about that and your experience? Absolutely. This has been consistently one of the most popular topics on my blog. Um, People really want to know how to deal with this and are starting to recognize that it's a very real thing. I didn't actually realize that allergy anxiety was real until... I was in my late 20s. Um, When I was a kid, if I had anxiety about my allergies, I just thought like, oh, I'm being ridiculous. And I didn't even want to mention it. And then suddenly, it's like all these adults kind of came out of the woodwork and said, oh, hey, I have all this anxiety. And everyone's like, oh, me too. (laughs) Like, Now we can actually talk about it. Um, But when I was 25, I had, uh, like I said earlier, my first anaphylactic reaction as an adult. The last one I had before that was when I was 13. So it had been a very long time since I had experienced this. And I used to eat in restaurants like all the time with my family. I used to like get fast food all the time. Like I wasn't concerned. I wasn't worried about cross-contamination. I thought like, oh, if something happens, I'll just use my EpiPen. It'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But then after this happened, I was just completely thrown. And so it the reaction happened because I was eating some bread for breakfast and it was the same bread that I had eaten for like, I don't know, probably a year. I had been buying this bread every week. And then suddenly I guess they changed the ingredients or something and they didn't update their packaging. And I had an anaphylactic reaction from it. And so we sent the bread to a lab and it came back saying that there was casein in it, which Ooh, is a dairy product. Yeah. And so then we had to like follow the steps to get them to do a recall and pull the product so it didn't happen to anyone else. And it was just very traumatizing for me. And I think I was just so conscious of what was happening. And it was so shocking. I was just so surprised because it had been so long since I had experienced this. And I was like, I just found it extremely traumatizing. And it felt like it lasted for a very long time. And it was just so frightening. It was really, really frightening. And um, after that, I had like issues eating. I felt claustrophobic all the time. I remember um, Brandon at the time, my husband now, he and, and myself and a friend were planning to go up to a cottage and we were in the car driving. And this was like three days after the reaction happened. We were in the car driving and we got stuck in traffic on the highway And I started having this panic attack in my head because I was like, what if I have a reaction right now and no one can get to me because we're stuck in the highway in traffic and no ambulance can get here. Like That's the way that I was thinking. I didn't want to travel. I didn't want to be stuck in a plane. I didn't want to be away from home. It was just like all consuming. Um, And I didn't want to eat when I was home alone. I didn't want to eat foods that I was uncomfortable with. So I think I ate like boiled potatoes and spinach for two weeks for every single meal because I just every time I ate something else I'd feel like I had to vomit because I was just so nervous to eat um and so I did lose a lot of weight and it was just it was terrible I felt malnourished I felt 
I felt like something was taking over my body and my mind. That's the best way that I can describe it. And how and have so, you healed from that? Well, it started to get to the point where I thought, I just can't go on like this. Like, this is not a sustainable way of living. And coincidentally, shortly, may, well, maybe six months after, um, I had like a bit of a life switch up, I guess, where Brandon and I moved in together. And so sometimes changing your surroundings helps a little bit because you're kind of reframing things and you're distracted by something else that's happening in your life. And so I was very open with him the whole time about the fact that I was feeling this way. And I think that change just kind of helped me. Um, and in addition to that, I started researching like ways to calm yourself down if you're having an anxiety attack. So something as simple as like deep breathing exercises, it's really easy to do. And I always kind of discounted it and thought it was silly, but it actually really works. And I started doing um, more exercise, like going to yoga regularly, going for a massage regularly, like things to just relax you and refocus you. And like for a while I was good about like going to bed on time and stuff yeah. but that has since gone away but but those little life changes have really helped deal with my anxiety and even like just finding a small distraction like if I think if I think I'm having an anxiety attack and I'm telling myself oh what if I'm having an anaphylactic reaction but I know that it's my anxiety talking I'll go do another task like I'll go run a bath and read a book or I'll go make a cup of tea and like go for a walk or something to to bring my mind elsewhere so that I'm not so focused on this anxiety and this worry and that really helps just the change of change of focus change of direction you know talk yourself down um talking yourself down is just so important yeah and also challenging myself in ways like I used to eat out all the time but then I went for a very long time where I didn't eat in restaurants at all. And I thought, well, that's not really good either. Like, I understand there are mm -hmm. risks sometimes in eating out, but I used to always do it. So I should really get back to that place. So now I challenge myself more. I try and eat out more often. Um, I think I'm much more careful than I used to be, but I don't want to give it up altogether like I had been because then it's so much harder to go back to it, you know? Yeah, these are all great tips. It's like, you know, you slowly started to like, you know, bring more back into your life after going through this all. And it's you're bringing so much awareness to the subject because I think it's super I think this is super important. For sure. So important. And honestly, one of the things that I really strongly considered was going to therapy. I think I always have it in my back pocket. Like if my anxiety gets really bad, then I will go. If it gets really bad again, I will go see a therapist. I think I'm really fortunate that I was able to deal with it on my own. But I think that's a really important resource. And if you're having really bad anxiety about your allergies, there's nothing wrong with talking to someone about it. Definitely, definitely. Um, it says, like, and now a little bit of a turn from that topic mm -hmm. is that uh, you did, it's on your blog, it looks like you do travel quite a bit with allergies. Mm -hmm. And so what are some of your favorite spots? Ooh, good question. So <laughs> favorite spots... I have a few. Um, I think traveling to New York with food allergies is like pretty good. I feel like I always I love we were just talking about New York. We love New York. Yeah, I mean, I always end up eating really well when I'm in New York and I don't really pack that much food with me um, when I go there. Like I find their fast food is still a struggle, but 
in terms of like dinner and stuff. I, I think it's totally good. And they have like Whole Foods and all of your staple grocery stores. So um, one of my favorite things that Brandon and I like to do when we go to New York is go to Italy and go to Whole Foods and just get a whole bunch of like lunch foods and then go to Central Park or wherever and just have like a leisurely picnic. Oh, like, that's so romantic. <laughs> so good. It's like one of my favorite things to do. Um, there's also a few really good restaurants that we always go to when we're there. Um, my last job, I was really fortunate that I got to go to New York several times a year. So it was like a blessing because I absolutely love New York. Uh, I've also found that eating in Boston was amazing. Like I ate so well, um, when I went to Boston a few years ago, it was like the most I've ever eaten on a vacation. (laughs) And I guess just because they're really seafood heavy in their food culture, and I absolutely love seafood, and you can get just a lot of like raw bar seafood places. So that's pretty simple. And generally, there's nothing on it. It's just like raw oysters or like steamed crab or steamed steamed whatever. So I found eating there was like, really good. That's Um, a new one on our list, Anna. (laughs) (laughs) I also... Honestly, I want to go back simply to go to Ming Tsai's restaurant because apparently he's just amazing with food allergies because he's also a food allergy parent. And I didn't know. That. Oh, wow. And so when I was there, I ate at a lot of restaurants, but not his. And so I really want to go back just to eat in his restaurant. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and they also have a lot of amazing Italian food. Like it was just, oh, it was so good. <laughs> we'll definitely be writing that one down. That sounds so cool. And I found London was also like London, England is also really good with food allergies. Um, they're just very aware. Yeah, I feel like allergies. the UK is like just like blowing oh, up yeah. with different things, like even vegan food, like allergy safe, gluten free. Like they're they know what they're doing. <laughs> they totally do. And um, there were some restaurants that were just they were recommended as like great food allergy restaurants and I I went there and I remember there was one um I can't remember the name of it right now but I placed my order for like a simple salad and a mint tea or something thinking okay they should be able to accommodate this and they were so insistent that I order more and I was like I don't like I just am comfortable eating this like it's, it's okay and then afterwards I was reading reviews online and apparently this restaurant was like super, super allergy friendly. And I probably could have ordered like anything. <laughs> it would have been. Oh, that's but so it's cool. very interesting. They have a, like a strong food allergy culture over there. That's awesome. So how do you plan for your travels? Are you like a researcher, meal planner? What is your strategy? Um, I think I've become more of a, a researcher over time. Um, it depends who I'm traveling with. Like if I'm traveling with my friend Carrie, she's the researcher and she will curate the list of restaurants and I just have to call them and make sure everything is okay. So I'm lucky. <laughs> um, she's one of my regular travel buddies, but um, definitely I'm a meal planner, like 100% because I like to plan out, okay, worst case scenario, say I can't get breakfast or lunch somewhere. I have to pack like, one muffin for breakfast, one whatever for lunch. And so, you know, I kind of plan out how much food I would need for the trip. And then I pack a little bit extra even. And then I also like to plan out where the grocery stores are and what I can cook in wherever we're staying and kind of think of it that way. 
Um, cause during the day, like the reality for me is that usually just fast food doesn't work out. So I always like to make sure that I have something that I can keep in my purse. And I'll even go so far as to like bring a Tupperware with me and bring bread that I made myself and then just find like, like eggs or cold cuts or something when I'm there and like make a sandwich and bring it with me for the afternoon. So I do a lot of meal planning that way. Um, and then also if there's restaurants that people have recommended, I will try and get to those. Like if other allergy bloggers have recommended places. Cool. Yeah. I'm a big meal planner too. Like even in just everyday life, like I love to <laughs> meal prep. I love to just like write lists of things I want to yeah. make. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So My number one thing is that That's I always awesome. travel with coffee because I'm like, I can find something else for any meal of the day, but if I don't get a really good coffee right when I wake up, it's like everything else is not going to work out. I would say, yeah, Anna before coffee is uh, not not <laughs> so pleasant. <laughs> I'm not. Oh my gosh! And from so for listeners, we're actually part of the Handle the Care crew, and um, Amanda um, on her eShop sent us a box and one of them was a coconut coffee creamer packet mm-hmm. and I am literally obsessed I need to buy a whole box they're Hi. so good I'm so glad that was our favorite they're thing so I think everything was amazing really? but we're obsessed with coffee so totally and I can never have options so that's awesome um, okay, so you are the author of two cookbooks, Allergen-Free Dessert, and Everyone's Welcome. In your co- cookbooks, what allergens do these books cover, and where can we buy them? So Allergen-Free Desserts um, came out a few years ago. It is Everything in the book is free from peanuts, nuts, and dairy, and there are a number of recipes that are free from other allergens, um, like egg, wheat, soy. Um, awesome. You can buy it on Amazon. Um it is a few years old, so I don't think it's available too many places anymore, but you can get it on Amazon. And then my new book, Everyone's Welcome, is coming out in 2019. This book is awesome. Freaking gorgeous. I really am so lucky. The, the publisher I'm with and their designer and everything is just, like, phenomenal. I'm, I'm in love with it. Um, I'll have to let you guys know when it comes out. And this one is free from... Um, peanuts, nuts, dairy, soy, and egg. And it, there are also a number of recipes that are free from fish and shellfish, wheat, etc. So I'm actually moving towards more of an allergen be flexible as opposed to top eight free because I think more and more we're finding that people have allergies that fall outside of the top eight. And so it's not so much about top eight free guaranteed safety, but about um, how can you custom fit a recipe to fit your needs basically i love that that's that's awesome we'll definitely be checking that one out (laughs) for sure it's so exciting and interesting so exciting so it's 2019 you said yeah 2019 we'll have to keep an eye so exciting so tell since i mentioned handled with care tell us how and why you started your online shop and what it provides to your customers um, I started my online shop because I so I often would buy products that I allergen free products that I wanted through Amazon or you know through other online retailers, and it was very difficult to discover new products. 
So for the longest time, I thought there just wasn't that much available to me. And I would buy, you know, Enjoy Life and Made Good and whatever other brand I kind of stumbled across. Um, But I didn't really know where to get my allergy-free foods. And I found shopping on a massive site like Amazon, for example, or even well.ca, they weren't really suggesting more products for me that I would actually buy. So perhaps they thought I was more of like a health food customer and they'd suggest I buy like organic peanut butter or, you know, something that I just couldn't have. And it was kind of frustrating all the time. And I thought, I wish like discoverability is such an issue within the food allergy community because on Instagram, like allergy-free products in one place. So that was kind of the first thinking. And then the second was that when I was in university, I felt like I was really lucky because I went to University of Toronto and I'm from Markham. So my parents would just drop off all of my allergy-free products to me. So I never really had an issue with like food security or food safety because I had an apartment style residence and I just never had issues accessing that food. But then I got to talking with other people who went to universities that were outside of Toronto who didn't have access to allergy-free foods. And it was a real challenge for a lot of them. So the initial idea I had was what if, you know, there was a care package or a gift box you could order for someone who is away at school or someone who lives in an area where they don't have access to all of these products like I do, you know, wouldn't that be so great if things were accessible? And so I kind of put those two ideas together and I thought, well, accessibility is really important as is discoverability. And that's really how Handled with Care was born. Yeah, no, definitely. It's a brilliant idea. And like, so yeah, from the Handled with Care box, there was so many products that I like, it was a first discovery. There's a couple that we did know about, but it was like so interesting to try some things that, you know, I didn't know were available and that your shop caters to completely allergen friendly is like a brilliant idea. And it's, I'm so excited to be a part of the crew. Thank you. It's so cool. So also we wanted to say you have are very clearly a talented writer. Um, Mm -hmm. What are some of your other passions? Um, hmm. well, I'm obsessed with cooking. That's for sure. Um, I could spend like an entire, I could spend every day all day just cooking that I would be happy with that. And maybe the evenings writing and listening to jazz, that would be good with me. Um, cute, but generally I like, like in my free time, I like kind of exploring I guess like I like to go to interesting shops and I like to I don't know see I'm curious I like to see things I like to walk around Toronto um yeah I, I'm like a a local explorer I guess I don't know that's awesome um, like to find the new restaurants and boutiques around yeah I, and maybe because I don't eat in a ton of restaurants I find like especially when I'm traveling finding interesting stores is so important to me. I love finding For sure. interesting boutique is like the best thing ever. Or I don't know, some store with like really cool old antiques or something. I just like that kind of stuff. I love kitchen stores. Oh yeah, like, they're fun. Like yes. a store, that's just my favorite. I absolutely love that. I could just look at like pots and knives forever (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome definitely 
So we like to end every podcast with a little bit of inspiration. So what is your living your less your what is your living your best life tip for the listeners? Well, you know, my motto on everyday allergen free is to inspire confidence. And I think the most important thing for me, no matter where I am in my life or what I'm doing, is to always strive to be really confident in myself. And you know, you do you. Like sometimes I feel like maybe people think I'm a little weird. I don't know. But I love what I'm doing. I feel happy with my choices and I feel very confident in myself and my abilities. And I think that's the most important thing for me to be living my best life. Well, well you're doing an amazing job. You're definitely, you're a girl boss. Like I was just well, like, Amanda, she is like goals for sure. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so do you have any new endeavors coming up with Handle the Care or your blog that you want to share? Well, I think the most exciting thing for me right now with Handle with Care is that new products are always coming in. So uh, as I find new companies and and new products that they have, I'm just always bringing in new things. So I have a line of skincare that's landing really soon called Naturally Free. And they're free from um, shampoo, conditioner, um, body lotion, hair oil, just like beautiful products that I personally am using regularly and enjoy. And I also have eczema honey on the site right now, which is just phenomenal product. And again, I use it myself. Um, so I think the most exciting thing for me with Handle with Care is just expanding our offering, expanding our gift pack offering, and just constantly improving the site. Like there's, you know, I've just started and there's just so such a long way to go. And to me, it feels like just everything is an opportunity to improve. For sure. Yeah like running a website we're even because we're just started too so it's just like there's so much that goes into it oh my god yeah that's so awesome though we're so excited and happy to be part of the handle the care crew and thank you so much for being on we'll link all of amanda's handles in the notes in the podcast so make sure you check her out and thank you so much for being on today Thank you so much, Amanda. Thank you for having me. And I think you guys are also doing something phenomenal that is really needed within the community. So thanks, guys. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Living Free and Well podcast. Make sure to follow us at LiveFreeCA on Instagram to find out when we release the next podcast episode. And don't forget to join our Living Free Community Facebook group to help support you and everyone else in their journey.